La 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 live out loud This is 8-Bit, episode 85, Threshold of Stupid, on Sunday, September 7th, 2014. And now, I, I don't get it. This episode is hosted by Ian Buck and Ian Decker. So Ian, I, I hear that you finally got to go and see uh, the Book of Mormon. Oh yes, it was fantastic. Terrific, groovy and all that stuff. Um, so explain to me again why you couldn't go when you had tickets, uh, you know, in late August. Yeah, so I originally had tickets for the 20th, which were a birthday present for my aunt. Um, good, and good birthday present. Good birthday present, yes. And lo and behold, the 19th, I ended up having to go in for an emergency appendectomy. So, Yeah, that's right. I was in Germany, and, like, you know, I was sitting with Felix, this kid who, who doesn't speak very much English. We were having trouble communicating, and suddenly I got, you know, a Facebook notification about, yeah, Ian has, a, has a appendicitis, and I'm like, oh... And I tried to convey this to Felix, and I just couldn't. <laughs> I ended up tra- like translating it with my phone, and he was like, "Oh, hmm. oh boy. Oops. Um, yeah. Well, so that day we we called in ahead of time to say, "Hey, is there any chance we could, you know, exchange these? Because I can't really make it in because medical reasons." And they're like, "Oh, yeah." Just come in and talk with us, and we can get you hooked up with new tickets. So um, a week later, I go back down to Northfield for a checkup because um, they want me to go to the same place, obviously. Um, right, because you were so, at camp at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so on my way back up, I swing by Minneapolis and swing by the Orpheum, which is where it's showing at, to try and get new tickets, only to find that the box office is closed. Eh. And I get home, and I, I look online, and... And it was really confusing because it said that the box office was open until 5. And I was like, well, I'm not seeing anything here. The doors are locked. What's going on? Um, I get home. I go and look it up. Apparently, there's a theater in the area that manages the tickets for all the theaters. So I end up driving back there a couple days later with Sarah, only to find out that, nope, sorry, you can't. So... That was it was a little bit of a runaround, but it worked out in the end. Um, I mean, we were the absolute farthest back you can possibly be, and the highest up you can possibly be in the theater. But we still got to see it. Everything was nice and clear, and I mean, the the music was coming through nice and clear, so there weren't really any issues with that. Um, so I mean, it regardless of where we were sitting, it was a fantastic show and a fantastic time. Was it everything you ever dreamed of? <laughs> I mean. I said no once, but then I decided to turn that off, so. <laughs> oh, man. You're funny. Yeah, my, um, my week was a little bit more normal now, I guess, because it was the first week of classes. Um, I, started, I started up a Swedish history class. Um, kind of interesting, you know, talking about Stone Age up until Vikings. Um, <laughs> Super, super chill, though, because I've had, like, two class periods uh, and, like, no homework assignments. It's great. Oh. <laughs> um, great. Once I start the, the language class next week, it'll, I'll probably have, you know, more stuff to do. Um, so there's that to look forward to. Uh, yeah. But yesterday, yesterday I took 
a trip with the other exchange students out to an island in the archipelago outside of uh, outside of Luleo, and um, it was it was gorgeous, like perfect perfect photo opportunity. So I took lots of pictures, um, a bunch of panoramas. I love panoramas. And I also, blog? What? Are they on your blog yet? No, I haven't. Uh, I haven't written a blog post about that one. Um, it was it was just you know a short like. Uh, hour and a half boat ride out there and then we spent you know three four hours walking around this island it, it was only like a kilometer in diameter um mm. and then and then boat ride back um the the pictures are all on uh, google plus right now actually we should uh put put the links in there later um um but yeah like there were some people who went swimming in the ocean and then jumped into a sauna, and then jumped back in the water, and then jumped into a sauna, and I was like, you guys are nuts. Because... Well, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I know, but they're nuts. <laughs> it was cold. That's what I would have done. I'm... The worst thing in the world to me is being wet and cold. Well, that's why you jump right back into the sauna afterwards. Well, but I'm still wet and cold for a little bit. I don't want that at all. I'd rather be dry and you know warm and happy on the shore the entire time. Well, in the sauna, you're not dry. No, I'm. That's why I wasn't in. That's, that's why I didn't go in the sauna either. Well, that was silly of you. Saunas like take away my mind. Yeah, it's a really nice way to relax. I what? No, no, it's not relaxing. Not being able to breathe. Going with a group of guys with a group of friends who you can just sit and chill and talk with. Uh, it's not chilling when they put on way more water than necessary. And steam up the whole place a bunch, and then you can't breathe, and you can't think, and you're sitting there going, I'm going to die from heat exhaustion. <laughs> no, no, no. They don't, you won't die. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Swedish saunas seem to be way more hardcore than uh, any saunas that I've ever been to in Minnesota. You haven't been to the right ones, then. What, I, <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to do, go and sample every single sauna in Sweden? Yes. Okay. No, as in, like, you haven't been to the right ones in Minnesota. Oh, I see. No! <laughs> I don't want them super hot. <laughs> you're awful, awful Well, hot. no, they're supposed to be... What, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to get them super hot so that you sit there and you sweat everything out. Yes, super hot, super hot. You completely clear your pores. Speaking of sweating, do you know how hard it is to find sticks of deodorant around here? <laughs> It was super weird. I was at the grocery store, and I was like, oh, yeah, I need new deodorant, so I'll just go and find that, you know, in the section near the end um, where, you know, they have all of, like, the the oral hygiene and the hair products and stuff like that, and I'm looking along on the shelves, and it's like, there's nothing there. I was like, what's going on? Like, here's here's hair. Here's, like, body wash stuff. Okay, it's probably somewhere near the body wash stuff. No, no. Oh, wait, wait, wait. There it is. There's, like, two itty-bitty rows of, of deodorant, and they're all like the half size uh, sticks of deodorant. Like I don't understand. <laughs> People in Europe like to be stinky. I don't know. They go all natural. <laughs> Indeed. Well, stench-wise, anyway. Yeah. Just shower every day, and you're fine. No, I mean you're not supposed to shower every day, though. True. For your, you know, because you you'd want some natural oils on your skin. And, you know, you don't want to get rid of those every single day. Fine. Shower every week and you'll be fine. Yeah. yeah there you go. 
Nobody will mind. <laughs> Nobody will mind. It'll be like Philmont all over again. Especially not if you're running track or doing any sort of sports things. Nobody will mind. Well, the problem... Oh, hey. Orange should, Sasquatch suits. I should get my running shorts. Nah. 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 Do work? Do extra work? Nah. I mean, actually, I don't I don't have any sports gear at all with me. Sports gear. I, I packed as light as I could, so I have nine days worth of clothes. Not even a sports ball? And that's about it. Well, I brought my disc. Ah, uh, sports disc. I brought, What's yes. not a sports ball? No. What I do don't you need do to the, become pro at sports ball? I don't do the ball sports. You don't like playing with balls? <laughs> I prefer Calvin disc. <laughs> Calvin disc. <laughs> uh, is it zero Calvin or one Calvin? Or? Actually, I really wish that people used Calvin to measure uh, temperature because, you know, there's there's this whole big debate of Fahrenheit or Celsius, and I say, well, Calvin. Calvin. Because in Calvin, if you double the number, then you're actually doubling the amount of kinetic energy that is in the system. Hmm. Whereas, you know, Celsius and Fahrenheit are not based on, on that that principle. Nope. Oh, well. Oh, well. So are we here to discuss uh, scientific stuff, or are we here to discuss uh, good, fun video game stuff? I thought it was whatever came to mind. Oh, well, I, I, video games just came to my mind. Okay. Because I looked at our show video. notes. Oh, wait, those are a thing. Yeah, and if you, the listener, want to look at our show notes, you can go to thenexus.tv slash eb85, which is the uh, the site for this episode. Yeah, I suppose you're right. We are supposed to be focused on video games instead of whatever comes to our mind. This isn't the universe. <laughs> that would be uh, the fringe or the extra dimension, which doesn't exist yet, but I wish it did. There's so many I'm things sure it's there. You just can't see it yet. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Remember that that game that we talked about last week with the uh, fourth dimension? The one that you DC'd on, and so I had to talk about it, and was like, yeah, kinda. Maybe I was here, just in the fourth dimension, and you guys couldn't perceive me. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, if there's a wormhole in Sweden, I'm coming. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Just get that a Stargate would... out to here. That'd be freaking awesome. If you could <laughs> a Stargate in Sweden. You know, yeah, then I could actually go and get some. Uh, um, uh, Old Spice from a grocery store. <laughs> Stargate. <laughs> I, I don't think you're gonna find a star or a Stargate taking you anywhere where you can buy Old Spice though. But we, well, we were just talking about one that goes back home. Oh. I thought you were just talking about like a Stargate in Sweden. Period. Oh well, that would be cool anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Speaking of last week's episode, though, um, another thing that, uh, well, the, you, you left by the time uh, we did this review, but uh, Sony and I were talking about um, the ending of The Walking Dead Season 2. And one of the things that we, we mentioned was, um, you know, well, was it, was it, like, good enough that I would play a Season 3? And we weren't sure if there's going to be a Season 3. We both kind of agreed that it would probably be a bad move on Telltale's part uh, to release a Season 3. Um, and lo and behold, I went and looked it up, and actually, they are planning on doing a season three. And if we had been following the news during the summer, we would have known that. <laughs> so good, you didn't give in, give away any spoilers, like when Clementine died or anything like that. Oh yeah, no, I mean, we... <laughs> how'd you know about that? What? <laughs> I haven't played the game yet. <laughs> and now I leave you wondering whether she does die or not. I hate you. I love you, but I hate you. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, I know Helena, who doesn't cry at all. 
cried at the end of this. Of what, season one? Season two. Or season two. Oh, she's played it. Okay. No, she's watched Let's Play. Oh, of course. (laughs) (laughs) You should know by now. She doesn't play video games. She just watches other people play video games. Uh, She was gushing about The Last of Us for a really long time. Okay, fine. She does play The Last of Us. If it's on PS3, she'll play it. I'm pretty sure that The Walking Dead is on PS3. We only have two PS3 games right now, though. I mean, they're both good ones. Last of Us and Skyrim. Well, there's an easy solution to that. Money! And spending it on more video games. Um, I'll just spend it on PC games, because I'm not there enough to actually play PS3 games much. But it would be a nice big three-brother thing to do. Maybe as a birthday present. There you go. Maybe as a birthday present. I've still got a few months to figure that out. But maybe you should, you know, get her a game that she hasn't watched a Let's Play of, and that is only story. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to get her uh, a multiplayer game, and then say, here's the internet, have fun. Because <laughs> nobody else on the house uses the internet, and it's not as if when anybody else uses the internet, it goes things up. Nah, nah. Yeah. Nah. Oh, boy. Oh, well. In the meantime, maybe she can play some games and learn to play some games that use low bandwidth, like Hearthstone or something like that. There you go. And she could play that on the iPad that you guys have. Exactly. Um, However, something that she won't be able to do is she won't be able to break the game, like uh, the Google anti-hacking chief. So Google has, or the Google's anti-hacking chief actually found a way to break Hearthstone, essentially. What he did is he made a program that's able to predict people's decks, Nice. Essentially, um, and it, it's fairly accurate too. But so by doing that, you're able to figure out what strategies you should use for this and that. Um, yeah, and this seems to go beyond like the meta game of just like you know knowing knowing what people do usually uh, yeah. and figuring out you know what kind of what kind of deck this is. It seems like it goes a step beyond that. Um, it's a pretty cool application of machine learning. Um, mm-hmm. um, I remember when I was when I was taking a machine learning class, we talked about a couple of video game applications, like um, teaching it to play Mario flawlessly. Um, mm. And usually, like it tended to butt its head up against a wall for a while before figuring out, you know, uh, how to do it. But um, man, once machine learning like figures out a good solution. It, it's, like, unstoppable. Yeah. Unstoppable, bro. Well, it's only unstoppable if it's able to keep on living. He decided to not release it to the public because he had originally planned on doing so. Yeah. So it'll exist for him and only for him. <laughs> so I hope I never actually have to go up against him in Hearthstone if I start playing again. So um, Borderlands 2, we we recently started playing that again now that we're not at camp. Um, and, <laughs> and not uh, at home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you, uh, you love to run around with Handsome Jack's face on, uh, and it pisses me off to no end. Well, um, that's the reason why. Yeah, I figured. Um, so in Borderlands, the pre-sequel, which is, I believe, coming out uh, later in October, um, you will be able to play as Handsome Jack himself in a DLC. Well, okay, so maybe the character isn't actually Handsome Jack, but it's a... a bodyguard who, you know, has been modified to look and sound just like Jack, but it'll still be just as infuriating to me. Well, I mean, who else am I going to play? Gosh. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure if he'll be available at launch or or what, but 
I mean, depending on if we finish with Borderlands 2 by the time, um, um, you know, by the time the pre-sequel comes out, we will, uh, you know, we might not start it right at launch. Probably not. <laughs> I mean, look how that turned out for us last time. Well, but last time we were ready to play it at launch. Like, <laughs> we had no excuse, except for the fact that I didn't have a good computer at the time. Well, our excuse was we couldn't find times to oh, get yeah, everyone right. together. Yeah, well, we're not going to be trying to do a four-person in four different cities this time. Yeah. Now it'll be two people in two different continents. Yeah, much less of a hassle. Much as it less out. <laughs> Except when Orion overheats. Yeah. Don't worry, I'll be f- f- fixing that problem soon, I hope. Hopefully. Just ice packs. No, screwdrivers. Oh, fine. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to take a good cold beer, set it up against the fan, and then drink it afterwards? You know, I tried to do something similar to that uh, in uh, with Vera, but uh, yeah, ice packs only work for like 10 minutes, and then they get just as warm as the fan. That's why you have a freezer sitting next to wherever you're playing, so you can constantly rotate them out. <laughs> Gosh, haven't you learned anything? You know, the only re- things that I really have in the freezer are like frozen pizzas, so maybe I can, yeah, rotate out frozen pizzas and... Uh, yeah, Actually, with frozen pizza, you don't even have to rotate it up. Just set the laptop on top of it for a while, and it'll cook it. Yeah, bad idea. <laughs> you don't want molten cheese in the fan? Have you seen, actually, the Red and Green show, or the Red Green show, whatever it's called, um, the time when they, when they told us all how to cook a Thanksgiving dinner in your car while on the way to the Thanksgiving dinner? They had I all think so. Like, putting the turkey on top of the engine block and putting, like... Um, uh, you know, wh- whatever um, kinds of like chestnuts or whatever in in the uh, in the exhaust pipe to cook them, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was so gross. I mean, it's red green though, so it's gonna be stupid, mm. but in the best possible way. It's a handyman sort of stupid, but I suppose one of the things that they kept on telling me at um, training for uh, aquatics instructor was, if it's stupid but it works, it ain't stupid. <laughs> So Sounds just like have to go with that in real life. So next little bit that I'm going to talk about is something that's that's a bit sad that we missed um, uh, talking about really because we were at camp when it happened, but Robin Williams passing away. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was one of those people, everything that I saw, and thankfully he's being remembered for not as being someone who was sad, but for someone who was always... Making other people happy? Always making other people happy and having a really generous heart despite his own heart really hurting him a lot, which is honestly really cool. I hope I get remembered similar to that one day. But so because he's being remembered in such good light, people are making tributes to him everywhere, and one of the more recent ones is actually in um, World of Warcraft, I think is what it is. So it's Warlords of Draenor beta, and there is a genie that you can find. Robin the genie, and he pops out, and he's this big blue genie. And when he, and when he pops out, the first thing that he says is infinite cosmic power. <laughs> space, which is of course a quote from Aladdin, which is where he voiced the genie. And, and they also have um, a couple of other characters that people haven't found uh, in the game yet, but um, there's some references to uh, Mork and Mindy. Um, there's a big like cracked open egg with some. Uh, electronic controls inside, and... Um, Mrs. Uh, Doubtfire, yeah, too. Mrs. Doubtfire, that's right. So. Good tribute. Good tribute. Um, so, 
have you heard of the uh, Tropes versus Women in Video Games video series? I I did a little bit once I saw your thing when we were making the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this, um, Feminist Frequency is a YouTube channel that uh, they she analyzes um, a lot of different types of media um, for you know equality and um, and you know how they how they treat women in them um, and video games. Kind of needless to say, doesn't get the the best uh, the best score, shall we say? Oh. Um, <laughs> kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> so not. much objective. Um, mm-hmm. and her one of her latest videos um dealt with uh how women are um kind of sexualized and just kind of placed in there as like back background furnishings essentially um for the game. And um, that video got a lot of backlash um, from people, including, um, you know, she, she was actually threatened um, online and she had to leave her house um, and, you know, seek police protection for her family because they were afraid that people were going to come after her. Um, but uh, a bunch of people in the gaming industry, um, so, you know, game developers, people who work at game publishers, etc., have gotten together and signed an open letter condemning such behavior and encouraging people not to tolerate it. Um, and at this point, as of recording time, almost 2,500 people have signed it. Cool. Good. I mean, I'm surprised that people were that upset by an opinion that they're lashing out against her this much. Haters will hate. I don't know, man. I mean, Haters gonna hate, but there's there's a point where it's being just... Where it's being disagreeing and where it's being stupid, and they they kind of cross the stupid point. Very much so. They are in the threshold of stupid, and it's not working. So it is stupid. They are beyond the threshold of stupid. Because I mean, if anything, I've I it kind of proves her right. Because if people are attacking yeah, her for opinion, it really does. It's yeah, it's awful. Because if people are attacking her for her opinions, then that means that they're just afraid. Yeah, yeah, if yeah, and they're not they're not like lashing back in a way that is a you know con- constructively putting on an argument, right? Right. They're they're just they're just swearing at her and you know threatening her, and it's not good. <laughs> no, it, it's just anger. It's not intelligence. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, I hope she's okay, and yeah, I hope she that tweeted that she's safe. Um, good. 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 And I hope that people learn to not. Be as dumb. I don't so know if you of, can teach that, but out of spite to the dumb people, I subscribe to her YouTube channel and I'll be watching all of her videos from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you tell Quill; she'll love that. <laughs> oh, I might have to do that now too. I like that idea. All right. Well, um, a new game is coming out called Sticks: Master of Shadows. Um, and it, let's see, what series is it from? I'm trying to remember. It's not from a series. This is like the first one in its... Uh, well, no, it's it's a playoff in a series, that's right, of Orcs and Men. It's set in the same universe, I should say, as oh, a game okay. of Orcs and Men. Um, and it looks like it's another Assassin's Creed, really big stealth-style game with some superpowers that looks like it could be made fun. It, it, it looks like it's starting to get a little bit generic in terms of stealth games, and it's weird saying that, but... Yeah, uh, I, I did. I did notice in the trailer a lot of like abilities that it's like, okay, I've seen that before. Yeah, so nothing too mind-shatteringly new in this video, but I mean, 
there was at least a reference. It's called Assassin's Green because you play as Styx the Goblin. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it, it might be worth something keeping an eye on. I wasn't impressed with Of Orcs and Men, which was by the same yeah. guys, obviously. A lot of a lot of Cyanide's other games have received um, less than favorable scores, such as their Game of Thrones games. Yeah. So they've 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 been doing some pop some flops, unfortunately. So I'm hoping that this is better. Mm-hmm. We'll um, just have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably not gonna buy it unless I find a really good reason to, because I mean I've still got some stealth games to finish going through. Yeah. Yeah. So, speaking of Game of Thrones, um, Telltale, as we know, are working on a Game of Thrones game. Um, I have much more faith in that one than, uh, than the previous Game of Thrones games. Um, yes. And Telltale tweeted a picture from a quote from uh, Dan- a-, a Dance with Dragons, which is like, the, what, fifth book? Fourth or fifth book? Um, in the um, I can go look in my closet. I have them all stacked in order. <laughs> um, and that that quote names a few clans um, that in in the north, um, emphasizing the family Forrester, who uh, are sworn to the Glovers of Deepwood Mott. Um, and the game, so so what everybody thinks is okay. That's probably you know the characters that you're going to be playing as uh, are are going to be from the Forrester clan. Um, and uh, we don't really know much else about it other than that uh, at this point. And the game is still on schedule. They they should be coming out with the first episode sometime this year, but we haven't really heard anything uh, in that regard. Well, I'm probably not going to get it until I either watch the series or read the series. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But I mean, it's something that I intend to do at least at some point. At it's some a very point. it's a very good book series. I recommend it. And I mean, I have. My my aunt Sandy has been giving them all to me since she reads them, enjoys them, and then passes them my way to enjoy afterwards. So I've got, I think, one through five sitting in my closet, as I said. Yep, that's all of the ones that exist at this point. All right. So um, I have all of the books. Yeah. I did watch uh, the pilot episode of, oh. season of the show. Okay, so that was like chapter one of the first book, I believe. Yeah, and I mean, I hate the Lannisters already. So. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> um, yeah, because I, I think that they ended both the episode and the first chapter on the same cliffhanger. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, except for Hodor. From what I've heard, Hodor is pretty good. What about him? He's not a Lannister. Yeah, he is. Oh, he's not. Oh. No, he he works for the Starks. He's a stable boy. Hodor? Yeah. 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 That's that's different in the show. Really? Yeah. Very strange. In the show, he's he's a Lannister. He's a sibling uh, to the two that have incest. I believe you're talking about Tyrion. Maybe. The dwarf? Yes. Oh, that's Tyrion. Never Hodor mind. Hodor is the really big guy who only says Hodor. Oh. <laughs> Shows how much I've, I know. <laughs> yes, I was like, if they changed that right at the beginning of the show, uh, that's unacceptable. <laughs> Never mind. No. Tyrion is yeah. the only Lannister so far Everybody that I don't hate. Tyrion. What? Everybody likes Tyrion. Yeah. I mean, he had some interesting points where, um, even though I'm not necessarily a bastard, everyone treats me like I'm one, mm. just because I'm so different. Yeah, that's right. That conversation between him and John. Yeah. Yeah. Deep stuff. Deep stuff. Also, stuff. speaking of reading, 
I have been doing a lot more reading uh, now that I'm here because, A, I don't have a computer that can, you know, play AAA games for very long uh, at a time. Also, I haven't really figured out a good way to watch television shows while I'm here. And uh, so that basically leaves reading or playing games on my phone. Can you not do Project Free TV? Uh, I, I haven't really looked into it yet, you know, because... They have all of Doctor Who up on there. They have. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's sketchy. So yeah, that's true. That's that's the reason that I ha- I haven't looked into anything. You know, I don't even know if like, for example, ABC um will let me watch videos on their own official website. You might be able to just watch stuff straight off the BBC channel though, because you're over in Europe. All uh, yeah, but I mean, I I don't think that BBC has p- been putting anything online for streaming for anybody. They usually do. Mm-mm. When we were uh, when we were trying to watch the Doctor Who 50th anniversary special, um, you know, we were like, okay, so we, you know, we'll just watch it online because we like our our campus doesn't get um, um, any BBC channels. Uh, and we were like, yeah, we'll just we'll just you know, it probably isn't streaming in the U.S., but we'll, somebody here has you know a, um, is tunneling into a server in the U.K. And we looked around, and we couldn't find anywhere that it was streaming. It was obnoxious. Huh. So we had to wait for, like, a few minutes until uh, some other sketchy website had it up uh, for streaming <laughs> from their site. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm currently at um, the, the bbc.co.uk site, and I'm looking at the episodes for the different series. Series 1 view episodes. Um, really? I'll have to check so it out. Just, uh, it says not currently available on BBC iPlayer, but that might just be because we're in the U.S. Because that's what I've heard, is that you can stream it for free if you're in Britain. But I suppose... Well, not in the U.S., I suppose. I don't know. That's. It, I mean, it's my problem. Not yeah, yours. Yeah. So I don't really watch much. All right. In the meantime, uh, let's see, where are we? Oh, oh. Why do I always find the sad political stuff? I mean, well, I found it, and I, I was like, eh, I don't feel like talking about that. Oh. Why do I always think that this stuff is interesting, then? <laughs> <laughs> That's between you and your mind. I don't know. My mind doesn't talk to me. Oh, I guess that's just mine, then. Yeah. I. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of, of a shirt that I saw Dad at camp wearing. It said, um, I do what the voices in my wife's head tell me to do. <laughs> Uh, marriage. Marriage. So anyway, what's so depressing? What's depressing? Obviously isn't. So, and I mean, it, it's sort of expected. So, Zenimax Online Studios, the guys who do ESO, Elder Scrolls Online, um, are currently, well, they did a bunch of layoffs a little bit earlier this month. And I mean, it makes sense, because what they were doing is they were working on getting a game, a big game, up and developed and running. But now that they have... Um, thriving online community in a game that's fairly bug-free. I mean, there's always going to be bugs, but fairly bug-free overall. And you don't um, have, you know, all new customers trying to play this, you know, new game anymore. Yeah, and all the questions that would emerge from that. It's So they, they don't need necessarily as big of a workforce. So it makes sense that they laid off a bunch of people, but it's still kind of a bummer that they had to get rid of those jobs. Yeah, it's it seems to me... Like that, I've noticed since we started this podcast, the the pattern of 
this game company, you know, just release something and then a bunch of people get laid off. And then later on when they start ramping up development for their next game, they hire a bunch of people and then, you know, yeah, I guess it happens. Yeah, and I mean, it makes sense. It's one reason that I probably don't want to go into uh, the video game industry. Because <laughs> you won't have a As solid... Because yeah. you won't have a for sure solid, stable job. The other reason is that I'd rather just enjoy video games from the consumer end and not have to worry about, you know, getting into them from the, uh, I, I, I do this for work standpoint. I suppose. Yeah. But I mean, I would absolutely, I would probably giggle at joy with myself if I had the chance to be like a lead designer on something, not necessarily software designer, but just concept designer. And, or a writer or something? And, yeah, and a story writer like, ooh, what am I going to do to... To, to throw them for a loop. Ooh, what am I going to do to have have fun with this dungeon? Uh, ooh, ooh, that could be fun. Ooh, ooh, that could be fun. Just make a bunch of surprises for people to either enjoy or get pissed at. Yes. I've never been pissed at you before. <laughs> no, never. Handsome Jack. <laughs> Handsome Jack. So, <laughs> Bungie. We've heard of them. Um, they uh, you jump off a bridge and they save you, yes. Yeah. Uh, that's ex- every pretty much everybody who ever jumps off of bridges gets jo- saved by Bungie, the de- game development company. Yes. Um, so they they came up with a pretty cool way for us to check out some of the worlds that you'll get to explore in Destiny. Um, Google Maps Street View tours of the different planets. Um, it was it, it was pretty cool. Um, I went and toured through all. Let's see, I think there's three of them. Yeah, the Moon, Mars, and Venus. Um, and they, you, it, you can't just like walk around wherever you want. Um, you know, it's, they, they have a, a set path where you can go. Um, and then there's, you know, different things for you to click on. Like, uh, um, you can learn about the, some of the different enemies that you'll be facing. Um, they have a few things that are like, um, links to, um, you know, current world information on those places. So like, um, they had some articles linked to about colonization of Mars, you know, or like Venus's climate or whatever. Um, and then if you, if you, you know, go through the entire thing and see all of the, the stuff that you can see, um, you can unlock some, uh, a unique emblem, I think it was, um, for Destiny the game. Hmm. So you'll get to customize your character with something telling everybody that uh, I spent two hours, uh, you know, exploring around before the game came out. <laughs> I mean, I'd honestly, I wouldn't mind doing that simply because it looks like it's going to be gorgeous. And that's one of the reasons why I like games nowadays is because they've developed, as we've talked about, into quite a bit of an art form, part of which is the visual aspect. Yeah. So. And not, not only that, but like, I mean, Destiny excites me because it's one of the few kinds of uh, multiplayer games that I would totally play, you know, is, all right, I'll hop on here with my friends and uh, go and attack some bad guys. Yeah. That's the reason that, I mean, you know, we played Borderlands 2 so much is because we get to play it together and it has a sense of humor that we enjoy. <laughs> yes. Let's see. Ooh, I'm just looking at this right now. Um... At the Destiny thing? At, at, well, at Destiny PC release, March 2015, supposedly. What? what? According yeah. to... Um, some com- some game called... Or not game. Um, something called Breathecast Radio. Never heard of them. Neither have I. So, 
I mean, earlier um, today when I looked at a, an article on PC Gamer about Destiny, they mentioned that, yep, they still haven't said anything about a PC version. According to the details on the Steam database, it says Destiny will be co- the PC port of Destiny will be coming out on March 2015. Well, there's a headline right there. But uh, found during the show. Well, let me see if there's Steam database. You're not going to go hunting through the Steam database, my friend. SteamDB.info. Steam database. Searching. Destiny. App type. Game. Category. What would we call it? Never mind. It's not up on here yet. No. We'll keep an eye out, and if it pops up somewhere, then we'll put it in next week's show notes. Yeah. From a place that actually, you know, includes links to their sources. Yeah. That would be nice. (laughs) That would be nice. But in the meantime, uh, something you can do to hold you over is if there was any of you guys that listened when we were talking about Mighty Number no. 9, which was the spiritual successor to Mega Man and was being developed by one of the guys that worked on the original Mega Man game. Um, so it's been a full year since that Kickstarter started, as weird as that feels and sounds. Um, and despite just being a full year, they are also releasing the beta. So if you were one of the people who back to the point where you were able to get um, the beta version of the I game. I think that was um, like the $80 tier or something like that. Uh, yeah, well, there is an $80 tier, all digital rewards set with the beta access. There you go. So so if you back to that high, um, it should be... Oh, and Mighty Gunvolt, all of our Mighty Number no. 9 backers, too. So you're going to get a copy of Mighty Gunvolt as well as the beta key this month if you were part of one of those backers. Cool. So, yeah. Um, did you did you back that project at any level? I did not. I really should have. Um, I mean, it was 20 bucks for the game, and I, I didn't really have much money last year because I was, you know, paying for that whole trip I, I do to that. Europe thing. So um, do you remember when we talked about uh, Samsung, like, was supposedly going to be coming out with a virtual reality headset uh, that would use their phones as a screen and as a processor and everything. Um, yeah. and it would essentially just be like a frame that you clip your phone into. Um, well, Once I actually remember something. Yay! Um, yeah. So at IFA this week, which is um, the... It, it's a big big tech event in uh, Berlin. It's basically like the uh, CES of Europe. Um they unveiled the Gear VR, which uses the new Galaxy Note 4, and only the Note 4, by the way. There's no other phones, Samsung or otherwise, that are compatible with this, um, you know, as, as the screen and the processor for a virtual reality headset. Um, the beta version is coming out later this year, um, and actually they, they worked with Oculus to come out with this thing, um, which is pretty cool because, you know, we know that Oculus uh, got a bunch of their screen technology from Samsung, and they've been working together uh, for a little while. Very cool. I'm glad to see that. Um, Well, I suppose it wouldn't... Yeah, it'd be VR, not AR, wouldn't it? Obviously, because it's a VR headset. Well, one of the things, actually, that it comes with is um, you can, can, like, turn on the, the camera on the back of the Note 4 and see the world you know, while still wearing the headset. So if you're, like, watching a movie and you need to quickly, like, look around you, you can, you know, flip that switch, look at, you know, footage of what's around you, and then flip back to whatever you're doing inside the headset instead of having to take it off. I can imagine the hipsters now. 
Or, I mean, you can use, like, uh, developers can use that to overlay things onto the world. Exactly, so AR. Yeah. Either technophiles or... That's us. Or hipsters. That is us, I suppose, isn't it? Is it bad that I've been closely monitoring the, uh, you know, smartwatches uh, industry to figure out which one I want to get? You want a good swatch? I want the best one. The best swatch. Now, if only they were made in some place like Croatia. I don't get it. So a Swatch is a Swedish company. So Swedish oh, watch. It? I had so no if idea. it was a Croatian watch. Ah, uh, crotch. Got it. <laughs> there you go. Good job. Good job. I'm smart. <laughs> Yay. All right. Well, so what's something that's really pissed you off lately? Um, With, well, other than Handsome Jack's face. Um, my the skin on my face getting really really dry in the Swedish air and it hurting when I put on uh, um, lotion. Just use cocoa butter. But what about Star Wars wise? Star Wars wise, um, well, most recently there was the whole uh, we're getting rid of all of the novels and making them into the Star Wars Legends, uh, you know, universe, except that it doesn't exist. And, you know, we're not going to, like, completely sweep it away. You should still buy them because we make money off of them. But, you know, they're, they're not officially canon anymore. But we might, you know, take things from them and put them into the movies that we're making from now on because, you know, we like recycling things. <laughs> yeah, another company that I really like is getting rid of their whole um, current canon and whatnot. Um, so League of Legends, the... There's, with all of the games, and actually with all of the characters, because there's so many games, with all of the characters, um, they always provide a backstory. And they always used to provide a backstory as to why they are currently fighting in the league, like how they came to the league hmm. to fight. And they are, they're, they're getting rid of everything now. So instead of, um, so initially it was, they came to the league and then they were controlled by these people called summoners. Which were the players. Which oh. were the players who would stand around and guide them through and control them through the, the, the battlefield. Mm-hmm. That is no longer a thing. Essentially, competitive play for League of Legends is breaking off from the backstory. The backstory is becoming its own thing with this whole world that they are rewriting um, and, um, and all the stories that are in it and all the different places and the characters in the game also have a place in this world. Um, but okay, so you're no saying that the stories that they already that they've already created for these characters is moving to this new world that they're talking about now. The stories that they've already created for these characters are being essentially rewritten. Oh, they're getting deleted, put in, put sort of like how it's Star Wars Legends. They're becoming League of Legends Legends. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, and. Essentially what the competitive gameplay is now is what if the people from this world, all their champions, all their really cool, good people, fought? Okay, so 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 you're saying that um, League of Legends is now fan fiction for this fictional world that they've created? Yes. <laughs> However, they are creating the fan fiction first before creating anything else. Right, okay. <laughs> oh, man. That's so confusing. I I remember back when um I first became aware of League of Legends and like you know Jesse and Leaf and everybody you know like knew all of the stories for all of the characters and I was like you guys are crazy. 
And that was back then, you know, and now they have, like, I don't know, I'm just going to, like, throw out a number here, three times as many uh, uh, champions as they did back then. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of nuts. But so I'm I'm looking at some of the comments from uh the the blog page that League posted. So someone asked, so can we get a solid 100% certain that summoners, the institute, and all of that is no longer canon? This is nice and all, but it's only vague hints about what a lot of people want to hear. If you guys do indeed want to just start the narrative over, I completely stand by your choice to do so. But this transition so far is being handled somewhat awkwardly, and it'd be nice to know what really counts as old lore and new lore. To which someone from Riot actually responded. They said, good question. No summoners, the Field of Justice, and the Institute are not canon within the fictional works of Runeterra. In-game, players are still referred to as summoners, but summoners won't be a part of the story. Okay. Man. So. Next, you'll hear about, uh, you know, Planeswalkers no longer being a thing in Magic the Gathering. Oh, God. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awful? That would um, break Scrafty's heart. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I got another another piece of news from IFA. Um, Sony is finally bringing PS4 remote play to smartphones. Well, they're bringing remote play to their smartphones. Mm. Well, okay, they're actually bringing it just to the Z3 smartphones that they just announced last week. Um, they also say that they have no intent to bring remote play to anything other than Xperia devices, which is a bummer for most of the world because I don't know a whole lot of people who have Sony smartphones. I'd never heard of them until now, <laughs> to be completely honest. Uh, I mean, I, I assume that you had an idea that Sony made smartphones. I mean, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I, one of the reasons that they sold off the Vio laptops line was because laptops are no longer really profitable. It's it's smartphones now. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I mean, it's true. Like, the laptop marketplace is saturated, and it's impossible to do well there unless you're already doing well. You know what I mean? Yeah, I suppose. Vio was... Vio was doing well. It was doing really well, I thought. You'd, you'd think they were. I mean, they were very like high quality uh, laptops, but like they were they were essentially trying to be Apple without being Apple, mm. and that's really hard to do. Yeah. Like you didn't see very many Vios around. No. But when you did, you took notice. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know. I like Vios though. They're good ones. Well, I mean, it's not like it doesn't exist anymore. It's you know it was bought by another. Japanese group of company thing, so you'll still see them. They just won't have the Sony logo on them. Cool. Oh, well. All right, um... Oh, yeah, hey, look, it's me next, isn't it? Yeah, because I just went... So... There's there's nobody here but you and me. Not even our ghost. No, he left. He's, uh... I, I can see an empty chair over there in front of a microphone. We don't have a poltergeist. Ooh, I thought of something to do to be annoying to him. Oh, no, what are you doing? Just one song. No! No, no, no. You talk about the next thing, because the next thing is actually interesting, and I want to discuss it. All right, fine. We'll do this song as a send-off, because it actually makes sense as a send-off. Okay. Um, so, uh, Kotaku, as we all know, um, is where we got this next one from. So, <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's where the link goes, and that's what the title is and everything. Yay! Oh, shush. <laughs> um, so there was recently... Something put out by the Journal of Industrial Ecology. I didn't even think that, that was a thing. Um, that did a study, and they they found out that doing digital downloads is actually less eco-friendly than buying the discs themselves. 
which Currently. is a pretty sensational, uh, you know, article title, and definitely gets people to click on it. Um, but you know, we have to we have to talk about like the limitations of the study, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's see. What all did they? The 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 annoying thing is that it didn't necessarily describe the study and necessarily how the data was collected. Yeah. Um. So the the things that I noticed were they were talking specifically about PS3s. They were talking specifically about um in the EU and apparently the like like the the cost to the environment of making discs in the European Union and distributing discs in the European Union is like a third of what it is in the US. Mm. Um and then also, you know, this is highly, highly variable on what kinds of, you know, server technologies are being used, you know, how how efficient yeah. um you know the cooling systems in those servers are. It's you know saying that uh, one one of the things that they're saying is um, you know people have to leave their consoles on to get these downloads and stuff, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it's a it's a very very kind of narrow and very specific area where they're saying that uh, you know it's it's less ecologically friendly to download the games because um, yeah. you know. Mo- like most people would just kind of assume, oh yeah, like manufacturing d- and distributing discs is going to be terrible for the environment because you've got all this plastic that you're using, you know, and you have to you have to physically them to yeah to where they're going and everything. Um, but yeah, obviously, like servers have to have a lot of cooling, which uh, is you know takes a lot of energy and everything, um, depending on you know how efficient the the you know the internet infrastructure is in the area, um, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, I suppose. I mean, on on uh, on the PC, I can tell you that it you know it doesn't matter whether I'm buying games online or not. My computer's going to be on all the time anyway. Yeah. Because it's my computer, I leave it on. <laughs> and I mean, as I discovered with Wolfenstein, I yeah. still had to do a big chunk of the download. I had to download another third of the game, and I mean, the whole thing was about 40 gigs. Yeah, yeah, they they were also talking about, you know, for the average, like, 8 gigabyte game, and it's like, that's an interesting average, I wonder how they came up with that number. Um, they did mention specifically that, like, for games under, like, under 1.7 gigs or something like that, or 1.3 gigs, maybe? 1.3, yep. Yeah, um, it's definitely more efficient to download the game, because, um, you know, then you're just using up an entire disk, and there's, you know, there's a bunch of empty space on the disk, essentially. Yeah. But you can't manufacture, you know, a third of a disk. No. That wouldn't work so well. <laughs> well, you'd hear the ka-chunk, 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 ka-chunk. <laughs> and then you'd break, you'd break your console, and then you would have to, uh, you know, go and replace it, which uh, I would say costs the environment a lot. Yeah. Because consoles take a lot to manufacture. Yeah. But yeah, very, very interesting article. Uh-huh. Um... So NVIDIA, we, we know them, we like them. Um, they are hosting a big event called Game 24 to celebrate PC gaming. Um, there will be physical events in several cities across the globe, including uh, LA, Shanghai, Stonk- Stockholm, London, um, and they've got, they've got other locations as well. Go look it on the website. Um, 
and and they're going to be live streaming like everything. You know, they're going to have several different stages um, where they're going to be live streaming events. Um, they'll have you know developer announcements. They'll have stuff. Um, and we believe that Nvidia will be announcing their 900 line of graphics cards, um, aka the Maxwell architecture, during this event. Um, and that we believe that that's true because there's um, several like journal sites that have said that yeah we have like a non-disclosure agreement that is going to be lifting on uh, on September 18th or maybe 19th which is when this event takes place by the way it starts at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on 7 p.m. September, September 18th yep yeah uh, wait I'm wondering, no I'm wondering doing 6 p.m. Pacific is 8 p.m. by your time September 8th. I can actually participate in that because I well I'll, I'll miss the first couple hours, but I might actually have to go and do that. And it looks I'm I'm on the page right now. It looks like it's a free sign up if I'm just doing a live stream. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you don't have to pay anything to to stream it. Unlike Blizzard, ugh, yeah. my goodness. <laughs> um, but yeah, super exciting. Um, it starts at 3 a.m. where I am, so uh, you know, I'll be waiting until I get up in the morning to watch some stuff. <laughs> I'm signing up right now. I'm and I'm gonna game. For that time. <laughs> and it will be a good game. Gaming time. This next one's pretty entertaining. I suppose I had to look at that, shouldn't I? Considering that I'm doing it. Oh. <laughs> oh, I love it when people... Well, actually, I hate it when people misunderstand other people, but... Except um, when it's in the context of, you know, like, a comedy where the humor comes from misunderstandings. Yes, yes. And sometimes those sorts of things do happen in real life, like when um, the the Tea Party used the Bioshock Infinite poster as one of their campaign posters. Oh my god, that's right. <laughs> or um, there was like, I remember uh, a news um, uh, show that used like footage from Assassin's Creed um, as like as some aerial footage of Damascus or something like that. <laughs> oops, oops, oopsie daisy. All right, well, it's happened again, all over again. So in Russia, of course, um, they they were talking about, or there was this documentary that was released about how, um, I think it was looking at U.S. military efforts and whatnot, and one of the things that they were talking about is propaganda and how, like, during World War I, um, they used, well, actually during all World Wars, they used propaganda to essentially demonize the enemy and how we especially used um, some stuff to demonize the Germans by having this big poster that says soldiers eat babies. That's a fact. There's a picture of a soldier with um, big claws on his fingers eating a baby and he's dressed in blue and has, oh, you know. He looks strangely post- familiar. Strangely familiar then on the bottom. Think of the children. Join Team Demoman today and make those monsters pay. <laughs> and and of course I I wonder if it'll ever be pointed out to them that this is actually a fan art from Team Fortress 2. Yeah, it's not even like an official poster that Valve made for Team Fortress 2. <laughs> it's fan art. Yep. And I mean, it's they they supposedly think that it was because there's been some rising tensions between Russia and US saying look at how much or look at how evil US is that they actually have to demonize their enemies this much. I mean, they're not wrong about propaganda no. demonizing people. Uh, <laughs> that's that's a very common um, theme 
in wartime. Yes. I just I love their use of examples. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because soldiers eat babies. Soldiers eat babies. Like, nowhere on there does it say anything about Germans eating babies. It's just soldiers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, uh, do we want to talk about what we've been playing? You mean review things? Yeah, like like professional like game journalists or whatever. Well, I suppose that'd be amazing. Um, so together we finished, well, mostly finished with the Borderlands 2 Captain Scarlet and her Pirates Booty DLC yesterday. Um, booty. Booty. Yeah. Um, and that was that was the first one uh of the DLCs that we played, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what did you think of it? I mean, it was kind of spaced out because we started before the summer. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> there was a very large gap in between when we started and when we finished it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, from from what I remember, um, it was amusing, good mm-hmm. humor in it. Um, Always. Interesting, interesting. Well, I don't know if it was an interesting storyline, but you know, it was it was a storyline that I I wasn't like completely disengaged with, you know. After mm-hmm. several months of not playing it, you know, we, we got into the game, and after a couple of minutes, I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I remember what we were doing. Yeah, that's right, we were getting a compass thing for the dude who's obsessed with Captain Scarlet, and he has all of the plush dolls. Okay, yep, yep, I remember. And that. we blew him up. By accident, kind of. Uh, I mean, what did you expect to happen? <laughs> I honestly, I, I did expect him to blow up. I don't know what to <laughs> Um... Yeah, I mean, it took me about as long to remember the um, story as it did for me to remember, like, what my weapons did and, you know, what my play style was in this game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. wasn't, it wasn't too long. Um, no. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, I would say good DLC to get. Um, mm-hmm. if, you, if you enjoy the rest of Borderlands 2, definitely worth it because it's, it's very much along the same lines as the rest of what you do in Borderlands 2. And I mean, in terms of quantity, there was definitely quite a bit. Yeah, I don't. It's hard to say how long exactly the the DLC took us to play through because there's that huge gap. There was that huge gap. Yeah. But I mean, how much does it cost otherwise? Does what cost the DLC? Yeah. I mean, oh, if I you think... just get the season pass, it's less than ten bucks, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, because I think each one of them costs ten dollars by itself, and then yeah. But of course, we haven't played through the rest of the season pass, so we can't say for sure if the rest of the season pass is worth it. I mean, it's Borderlands too, and the I last one I is. Mean, I mean, Andrew Bailey uh, didn't say that all of the DLCs were worth it, so I mean, let's not jump the gun here. We'll just have to play the rest of them and then tell everybody how good those ones were, right? Oh, all right, fine, I yeah. can do that. Because <laughs> I mean, I, I'm really excited for Tiny Tina. Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> I mean, one of my favorite things from Captain Scarlet and her Pirate's Booty is it gave me a gun that actually really helps with the um with Krieg's thing because it doubles my melee damage. Oh, okay, nice. It's fun. I can break things. No I think I think that most of the weapons that I'm using right now I got through the golden chest. Um, you know, because I I have that excess of golden keys to use in it, so I've just been using one like every single time that we level up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, all all purple. It's great. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, I should probably eventually, you know, get around to getting more of those golden keys. More of those what? Golden keys. Oh, you haven't gone and redeemed all of the ones on that list that we found? Nope. Or that Andrew found for us? <laughs> nope. Give credit where it's due, I suppose. Um, so 
the other game that I've been playing recently, um, as I kind of alluded to earlier, is actually a mobile game um, because I've been traveling. Um, You're cutting out on us, Buck. Hello? Oh, boy. Hello. Can you hear me? Two seconds. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Okay, I ask. forgot. I forgot that my computer absolutely hates uh, being in a hangout and opening up Blogspot at the same time. Um, <laughs> it's awful. So let's see. What was I saying earlier? Duet. Yes, duet. So I've been playing. Just I tried out. Just I tried out this game because it was in uh, a recent humble bundle, um, and I knew that it it had gotten you know very very good reviews on iOS. So I was like, all right, yes, I'll, I'll take that. I'll, I'll get that bundle and I'll try it out. Um, turns out it was a very, very good choice um, because it is now my new favorite mobile game of all time, um, displacing Super Hexagon, in fact. Um, That's possible? Yeah. I, I, I didn't think it was going to be possible, but it is. Um, so it's actually very similar to Super Hexagon in a lot of ways. Um, it's a skill-based game, Um you know, so there's there's no like unlocks or anything that you that you can get over the course of of playing the game to allow you to just do better by virtue of having more things. Um, it also um, has um, you know the the mechanic is tapping on the right side rotates something clockwise and tapping on the left side rotates something counterclockwise, just like in Super Hexagon. And also just like in Super Hexagon, you're trying to avoid obstacles as they come towards you. All right. Um, mm-hmm. The difference is in duet. Um, instead of just controlling one point that's rotating around a circle, you're controlling the orbit of two points um, that are opposite ends of a circle, and you know they they always stay on opposite ends. Um, it's a bit of a mind. Yeah, uh, kind of. Um, at at first. Um, but you know you get the hang of it pretty quickly, I think. Um, so you're trying to avoid these white, uh, you know, rectangles that are falling down towards you. Um, and it's it starts off pretty darn simple. You know, you you have to, for example, rotate left to you know kind of make the the um, the orbs you know fit into the gaps in between these rectangles that are all falling on the left hand side, right? Yeah. Um, it gets starts to get more complicated as there are blocks that are um, placed in different areas of the screen. So, uh, blocks start moving, you know. Blocks start. Um, some of them spin. Some of them, you know, move side to side. Um, yeah. They. Um, but they they kind of ramp up that challenge um, over time at, at a pace that's pretty reasonable in my opinion. Um, there were only a few times where I where I felt like I was getting stuck in the game. Um, but I just, you know, I just persevered. I just kept trying at it until until I got past it. Um, and just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Yeah. <laughs> um, or just keep spinning, really. Um, <laughs> just keep spinning, just keep spinning. Um, and so the the other difference um, between Duet and Super Hexagon is. Um, that super hexagon is entirely procedurally generated, right? Um, so each each one of the different levels in super hexagon has like a set number of patterns that can show up, but the patterns will show up in in different orders each time you play. Um, hmm. In duet, all of the levels in the main story are you know they're they're like they're, it's like a puzzle game, right? Each one is is was crafted by somebody, and it'll be the same each time you play through it. So um, you. 
if if they only had the story in the game, it would be a pretty short game. Um, I recently finished with with the story that was there at launch. Um, but they've added to it by having, you know, an epilogue, so there's a, there's a whole, you know, twice as much content. Um, they also have a few challenge um, levels that are quite difficult. Um, at, I've finished about half of the challenge levels, um, and then they also have a, an endless mode, um, which is a little bit more similar to Super Hexagon because, you know, it's procedurally generated, um, and they also have a daily challenge. Where you know every day you come back and there's there's a different different level for you to try out and mm-hmm. I think I believe I've only done like three or four of the daily challenges at this point but um, I think it's over the course of the week you know on Monday it's a really really easy level and then Tuesday through Sunday they get harder and then the next Monday it'll be you know easy again, easy again. Um, and it, they they track not only the number of daily challenges that you've completed but also like the biggest streak that you've had. Of daily challenges huh. that you that you complete in a row. Um, so in that way, like you know, for Super Hexagon, it started off hard and it only got harder. Um, so I can understand why uh, a lot of people like Ryan hated the game. Um, but um, and and you know, so like I've actually gotten to a point where I feel like I can't really make any more progress in Super Hexagon. It's just it's just too hard. Um, you know, I've completed two of the levels, and I'm working on the third, I'm working on the third, but I just can't, like, get past 24 seconds or so. Um, whereas in Duet, it, you know, it, it ramps up more slowly, um, it does get quite difficult, but, um, you know, despite that, I still feel like I'm making progress. Um, so I, I, I think that it's a better... Uh, a better game than Super Hexagon, and it's my new favorite bubble game. Which also means that I want everybody to go and start playing it. It's it's free um, for the story mode, and then you know the challenge, the daily challenges, the endless mode, and stuff. Those uh, cost I think three dollars to unlock. Um, hmm. Definitely worth the three dollars because that's what's going to keep you coming back for a long time. Um, but um, yeah, so my Android playing friends like uh, Syrup and Alfalfa. If you guys are listening, go and download Duet and play it and try and, you know, get up to get up, get up to the point where I am in the endless score, you know, get up to the the number of daily challenges that I've beaten. Get on my level. It's, that's the uh, that's the challenge. Oh, and for all you PC gamer friends, uh, good news, it'll soon be coming to Steam, so I'll be able to crush you guys there. Um, you can only crush me if I play it. Yeah, well, I'm telling you that you need to play it. And I'm going to definitely buy it if it comes out on Steam. <laughs> so you will have access to it. You, you Actually, specifically. I won't. Why not? Because the home sharing thing turned off on my desktop. Well, we'll turn it back on. Okay. I mean, there, there is an easy solution to that. I mean, well, well, okay, fine. Stop taking away my excuses. So what did you play recently? The thing that you have access to on my library? Yes. So <laughs> I I decided recently that heck no, I am not going to play that on this computer. <laughs> no. Play it on a computer that can do it justice because it is Exactly honestly, it is a really cool game. Um so Wolfenstein the New Order is the reboot of the Wolfenstein series. Now the original Wolfenstein um was Escape or Escape from Castle Wolfenstein. Um that was probably one of the very first per- first person shooters that came out. Um, up on there with like Doom and stuff like that, and I think technically it was, or maybe that was, maybe Wolfenstein 3D was like the first 3D uh, computer game, but yeah, 
Something like that. Something like and that. And I mean, I remember playing um, when I was younger. I I had it on, uh, or at least I had like, or no, I didn't have it. My grandpa had this big disc that had a bunch of game demos on there, and Wolfenstein was one of the ones um, that was on there. So I would go and play the demo of Wolfenstein over and over and over when I was little. So this was this was really cool. And they do have um, they do actually have uh, an Easter egg where you can go and play the first level of Wolfenstein. Oh wow! In a nightmare. Um, uh, all in all, the the game was visually stunning. It was absolutely gorgeous. Um, let's see. Uh, story-wise, there were it was a good story. The characters were 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 were, were nice and fun, but there were definitely some very kind of stereotypical tropes of the game. Where, um, let's see. So, um, at the very beginning of the game, you work your way up and fight your way through the castle, and you're forced to make a choice between do you save one person or the other person. Sounds um, very telltale. Very telltale. Well, that's the only time where you have to choose that, really. Otherwise, everyone else is on. Um, that's the only choice in the whole game. The rest of the game is pretty streamlined as to how you need to go. Um, but like I mean, the main character is kind of Duke Nukem-esque, where you're this soldier that is just big and tough and not really shows much emotion. Yes, there is a love interest in the game, but he doesn't really show much in the way of emotional love as but much. But is he as... a terrible person the way that Duke Nukem is? No, no. That's good. But I mean, all he cares about is killing Nazis, really. I mean, given the context, um, yeah. I mean, I suppose that's his, his motivations here. <laughs> I, I suppose I would be too. Um, I know, but you had the love interest. You had the people from your past who you go and find in this little secret hideout in the resistance. Um, going through, you have, I know the 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 big bad guy who you're trying to take down was the same big bad guy as before, obviously. A um, couple of newer small bad guys along the way. Um, Actually, the evil lady was kind of creepy, <laughs> especially when you ex- well not accidentally, especially when you chopped off a good chunk of her face. But and of course, she, well, never mind. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, story-wise, it was good. Uh, nothing too mind-breaking. Um, same thing with weaponry. Really, I'm not thinking of anything that was particularly mind-melting. I mean, you got this. Uh, you essentially did get a laser gun um, that kept on getting upgraded more and more and more and more um, until towards the very end you could look down your reticle and it would hone in on targets and fire multiple lasers towards targets. Oftentimes towards the same target if they were big enough, kind of just... It it depleted the battery in like one or two shots. (laughs) But pretty much everything was dead by that point, too. So um, I remember from one of the trailers that we watched um, before the game came out, you know, was showcasing how you can either go in guns blazing or you can go in and do it a stealth game. Um, yes. Which one did you lean towards? I went stealth as long as I could, and then when it hit the fan, I went guns blazing, dual wielding all the way. Um, and so did, does the game have, like, a, a skill system or anything that, you know, encourages, you know, that, that kind of locks you into one gameplay style or other? Because I know, like, in Dishonored, for example, you know, I focused on getting abilities and stuff that were very, very good for stealth, but as soon as somebody saw me, it's like, well, okay, you know, loading my last quicksave now because I can't fight. 
<laughs> I mean, yes and no. The the way you you were there were four different skill trees that you could pick from, but you didn't level up in the regular sense of leveling up, killing so many people in this way or that way, and getting more points for leveling up. You got you you did challenges and completed challenges to unlock certain things. So like you had to get a certain number of like knife throwing kills or certain number of um, dual wielding kills or a certain number of headshots with or a certain number of kills from cover with certain kinds of weapons. Um, and then would you would doing that then uh, unlock something that is along those same lines? Uh, something similar, something that would help with that. So, like, one of the stealth challenges was um, do stealth kills while you are overhealed, while you are overcharged on health, because you can actually heal above what is your usual health for the, <laughs> for the game. Um, so get stealth kills while your your health is overcharged, and you'll unlock something that lets you get back health from stealth kills. <laughs> and so it compounds. And so it compounds. So it's 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 similar. But it's not necessarily right on. Okay. In some ways, though, it's kind of like learning that skill. Yeah, kind of, kind of reminds me of um, what I know about, you know, Skyrim's like skill system is just naturally as you're doing an action, your character will level up and get better at that action. You know, uh, even if you're not actively putting skill points into it. Yeah. And um, oh shoot, what was I gonna say? See, unlike you, I don't have a blog to put down everything on paper and collect my thoughts beforehand. <laughs> well, there's an easy solution to that, too. I don't have the time. <laughs> um, um, well, I mean, it, it should be about, uh, what, 2.36 where yeah. you are? Yeah. yeah. See, I have the time. <laughs> oh, ha, 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 ha. I mean, I have a watch. More than I can say. Yes. They haven't come out with a smartwatch that I want to get yet, so I can't get any yet. <laughs> What if she pulled? <laughs> oh, Ryan. Oh, Ghost. He put on a um, comment asking, what if he pulled a 360 out of that? Like, do you remember that whole fiasco that was going on? Like, somebody bought, I think it was a PlayStation 2. Um, uh, or su- supposedly, this is all supposedly, they bought a PlayStation 2 at a garage sale, and inside the console itself they found, like, loaded magazines, um, some pills and a wad of cash hidden in some of the compartments. So yeah, what if I pulled an, an Xbox 360 out of this? Oh. Um, I I think he probably meant a Moto 360, uh, oh. which is Motorola's smartwatch. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I've done gone for it. You know, uh, knowledgeable about, about the topics that, <laughs> that Ryan <laughs> talks about. Um, so, last last review of the day. Um, not exactly a game, but, uh, you know, something very sur- surrounding of games um, is Steam, right? Yes. Uh, we, we, we end up spending a lot of time looking at Steam's interface, you know, because that's where our library is, you know, that's where uh, we upload our, our screenshots to and everything, that's where the store is, you know. Um, yeah. And if you recall, um, we, ha- we found uh, an article a while ago on PC Gamer about some of the best um, and worst uh, Steam skins that are out there. Um, so, oddly enough, in between 
that time and now, um, Steam has come out with a new interface <laughs> that is uh, slightly bluer and um, kind of looks more like their big picture mode. Um, but yeah, so we tried out a couple of these Steam skins to see which ones um, we like. And uh, so which ones did you try out, Ian? Well, honestly, I was only able to get the Metro to work because by the time I went there, um, a lot of the skins had been taken down off of the site that had been hosting them. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I really liked the looks of the Metro one and then also Air. Uh, yeah. That one looked really good. So I, I downloaded those two right away, and um, I tried out Air first. I really, really liked the the layout that they gave. It was it was very, very space efficient. Um the you know the the bottom the, my favorite touch was the entire bottom bar became the downloading you know indicator Ooh. status bar so as as your download progressed you could watch the blue bar go across the entire width of the screen instead of like you know 300 pixels wide or whatever it is on the stock skin um but the downside of air was that the in-game overlay was kind of broken mm. So that wasn't really working for me. <laughs> no. Um, but happily, Metro. Metro seems to be um, very, very complete, um, you know, both in the main interface but also in the in-game interface. And they actually have, like, a community, you know, people who are actively developing on this thing and taking suggestions from people. Like, they have a Steam group and everything where people will go and um, suggest new new features. Um and like their their website, they they actually have like um, on the website you can go and customize the look of the Metro skin. Um, so so you go on there and you pick out like what color you, scheme you want, you know what what uh, what kind of background um, picture you want on your library, stuff like that, and then you just download um, the the styles file. Um, from there, and then uh, stick that into the folder where this skin is, and then it changes the look of the skin. Yeah, it's it's honestly really really cool, and I mean it, it's it it takes a little getting used to because I'm finding my way d- d- through some of the navigation stuff because you can click on the library and go to my games, but then they don't necessarily have them all lined up by category like you usually would. You have to click on a drop down menu to if you want to select it by certain categories, but you can get it so that it's you mean the um, categories that you created yourself, or yeah. what? So like, oh wait, now it's working. Yeah, I'm not sure what you're talking about. <laughs> Maybe I clicked on my games. Ah, I clicked on my games. That was my issue. Never mind. Never mind. Hmm. But yeah, overall, it's looking really cool. Yes, yeah, so I definitely recommend this as, um, especially if you get have gotten bored looking at, uh, you know, the regular Steam interface. But, I mean, this one's also, it's nice and flat. Um, it is it is inspired by, um, obviously, you know, the the modern UI of um, Windows 8. Um, but even even in Windows 7, I mean, it looks great. Um, and it's not it's not so inspired that, you know, it's uh, it's full screen and, and won't let any other applications, uh, you know, <laughs> be visible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, actually, we should put a link to that in the show notes. Um, so special announcements, new releases. OMG, Destiny is coming out this week. Like OMG. Oh my goodness! Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there are some people who are saying that unironically around the world. Um, 
Um, but yeah, so Destiny, if, if there is one game that makes me want to buy a console, uh, you know, in addition to having my gaming PC, it would probably be Destiny. Yeah. Um, because it looks like, it looks like a really cool, um, um, science fiction, you know, um, setting. And also, just the format of the game, you know, an, a multi, massively multiplayer first person shooter that isn't Planet Side 2. You know, it's gonna yeah. be great. <laughs> and, and it's made by Bungie, so they're probably not gonna go wrong. They have, you know, it's in their contract with Activision to continue developing this game over the next 10 years. I definitely want to get it. Yes. Um, I'm planning on getting a PlayStation 4 at some point. <laughs> and when I do, this will probably be one of the first games that I buy with it. <laughs> because, yeah, definitely looks like fun. And then I will come over and we can hang out. I'll Unless we're already living together, in which case we'll just I like, go. <laughs> I like that idea. Um, and then what else is coming out this week? Oh, oh, console gamers rejoice for, well, I mean... As if they aren't already. <laughs> as if they aren't already, yeah. Um, uh, Minecraft is coming to PS4 and X-Bone. Yep. Oh, and it's, it's worth noting that Destiny is coming to pl- uh, PlayStation 3, 4, and Xbox 360, and Xbox One. Yep. Um, but yeah, big big week, big week. Um, next week, we should have, in terms of reviews, uh, we will have... Um, what have you been playing? Saints Row 4? Saints Row the 4th. Little it's game. Green Hulk guy. I've never heard of it. <laughs> um, and I've been playing... Well, I played Monument Valley um, over the summer, so I'll be reviewing that. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Then I can play more games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, something kind of amusing that I learned the other day. Did you know that you can only activate so many codes at a time on Steam? How'd you find this out? Because I went through a bunch of humble bundles that I hadn't redeemed all the codes for yet. <laughs> um, oh, that reminds me. I have like a bunch of codes left over from that EA humble bundle of games that I already have. So, listeners, if any of you guys want or need, uh, you know, some Steam or Origin codes for you know games like, um, uh, I think you know I've got some Dead Space, I've got some uh, probably Mirror's Edge. Um, I don't I don't remember all the games that were in that humble bundle, but if if you uh, if you need some games, hit me up. You know, go go ahead and uh, leave some feedback for the show, and I'll get an email. Hit me up when it's all over. Um, so yeah. And and if you have feedback for us about anything else in the show, you know, if if you hate our voices, if you like our reviews, I don't know, um, send us some some feedback. We like getting feedback because it's comforting knowing that people actually listen to this thing that we spend time doing. Yeah. Well, they probably like your reviews. They'll probably just find mine boring because mine is just a lot of um, yeah. Well, I mean, I like this. <laughs> I mean, that's what a review is, right? Yeah, but yours are much more focused than mine. I've. Yeah, I've put a little bit prior thought into them before the show. Um, so this has been 8-Bit. I'm Ian Buck. And I'm Ian Decker. Signing up. Destiny is coming out. Yeah, is anybody buying that? Well, I can't. Well, I could. It would be very, very pretty sitting up here on my bookshelf. Uh Uh-huh.
Yeah, because right, no, no PC version, right? Of course, because that's okay. dumb. Why would I have assumed that there was yeah. a PC version? Why, why would they make, you know, a first-person shooter MMO on the platform where those two things originated and are the uh, are huge? best well-made? Hmm. Yeah, you're, you're kind of making like a really good argument for why there should have been one. From, from a developer who started on PC gaming. Oops. I don't know. I have no idea why they would why they would come out with a PC version. Well, of clearly it. they don't watch TV. Listen to uh, Halo again. I think we're fine. <laughs> Play. No. No. <laughs> this is Eight Bit Episode Eighty Five. Threshold of stupid. On Sunday, September seventh, nineteen. <laughs> okay, I. I mean, yeah, it would it would be about as much effort for me to go to Stockholm for this as it would be for you to go to Chicago.